Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for spending part of your Christmas Eve here at Hope City Church with all of us. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm Chris Jackson. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope, and I love these kinds of services because I love to meet the loved ones of the people that we love. So kids, you know, grown kids and relatives and friends that are here, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. And um, I get to share just for a few minutes. I'm not going to talk terribly long, but I get to share just a few thoughts from the scriptures tonight as part of our Christmas Eve worship and reflection. And I've been thinking about something during these days of Christmas that um, you're probably thinking about. As a, a year winds down and as a new year begins, I've been thinking about something that's probably on everyone's mind right now. Um, I've been thinking this week of Christmas a lot, actually, about Roy Orbison. (laughs) Have have any of you been thinking about him? (laughs) Is is there anybody here besides me who's been thinking about Roy Orbison? Do do you even know who Roy Orbison is? (laughs) Okay, a few of you know who he is. Some of you might not. He died about 34 years ago, so he died before a lot of you were even born. But he was a rock and roll legend during the same era <clears throat> excuse me, as Elvis Presley. So he was famous before I was even born. Um, but my parents introduced me to his music, and it was incredible. Now, he had terrible stage fright, so he always wore these dark glasses so people couldn't see the terror in his eyes when he would perform. But his music was emotional and vulnerable. He used to do songs like Crying and In Dreams, or Running Scared, or Pretty Woman. Uh, His voice was amazing. They they said he had a three-octave range. I don't really know what an octave is, but um, maybe Amanda or Megan Barton could explain it to me. But it sounds amazing to have a three-octave range. His his songs were were kind of a blend of old-school rock and opera. And most of his songs centered around heartbreak. And so I I used to listen to his songs after my breakups in elementary school and junior high and high school and college. I had had way too many breakups, I think. But can can I, uh, just since Roy Orbison is so Christmassy, can I share just a snippet of one of his songs with you just to get you in the spirit of what I want to talk about? So you, you may have heard this before. I won't play the whole song, but let's just enjoy this amazing moment with dum 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 dum
So I, I, haven't, I haven't actually been thinking about Roy Orbison specifically during the holidays, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking a lot about the title of that song, Only the Lonely. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Isaiah Granados, who's one of our other pastors here, was talking to us, and he was speaking in our services, and he shared with us about a recent survey that's been conducted on loneliness in the United States. And some of the findings of, of this survey about how lonely people are today was crushing. Do you know almost 60% of adult women and adult men battle severe loneliness? That's almost 60% of all the grown-ups out there feel lonely regularly. And then it was shocking to, to find that 79%, almost 80% of our young adults, that's 18 to 24 in this particular survey, feel lonely regularly. That's massive. There actually is twice as much loneliness among young adults today as there are seniors today. And I think we all know that seniors are especially vulnerable to loneliness because relationships end, um, loved ones pass away, life changes. But our young adults today are feeling twice as much loneliness or twice as many of them feel lonely as the seniors. And loneliness is so painful. And that's an understatement. Um, anyone who has experienced loneliness on any level knows that it is, it is crushing and we experience loneliness for several reasons. We can experience loneliness over something that we've lost. If, if we've lost a relationship through time or distance or a friend moving on or divorce or bereavement, the death of a loved one, it, it, it's, it's, it's a loss that's crushing. And I'm very fortunate. Um, my wife and I have been married 27 years. And so I don't know the loneliness of divorce. But we lost a child when we were in our mid-20s, and she was three years old. And, and so even though I'm super fortunate and we have an incredible marriage, there are times when we feel so lonely without her. And, and that's the thing about loneliness is you can be doing great in nine out of ten areas, but the one area of loneliness can bleed into or overshadow the other areas. Sometimes we're lonely because of something we've lost. Sometimes we're lonely because of something we've never had. I've never had children, and I ache for children. Or I've never had a particular relationship, and I'm, I'm longing for it. Uh, sometimes we never had a bond with our parents the way other kids did, and we're grown-ups now, and we're supposed to have it all together, but we still look for it and, and long for it. I, I, I've seen people be lonely for a place. Have you ever seen images or watched a movie and you've seen a country that you've never actually visited, but something in you aches for it? Like, I've never even been there, but it's my homeland. Kids feel lonely when they're trying to figure out their personalities and who am I and how do I fit with my peers and all the other kids are posting amazing Instagram pictures and I'm left out and it hurts. Well... There's something about the Christmas story that offers an answer to human loneliness. And it's found inside one of the names of Jesus that gets revealed at the Christmas story. And remember, Christmas is about Jesus. We can celebrate lots of different things at Christmas time, but it's about Jesus. You know, you can have a party on Memorial Day. 
And you can be with your friends, you can have an awesome day, and you can never even think maybe about servicemen or women who gave their lives in service in the military, but it is still a day of remembrance whether you remember anything or not. Well, Christmas is about Jesus. It's about his historical birth, and when he was born, there were some amazing supernatural things that happened. There were these uh, magi, we call them wise men, these astrologers in the east, and I don't know how it happened, but somehow they had a premonition that something amazing was happening in Jerusalem. They followed a star until they found the child. Mary encountered an angel, and then Joseph, Mary's husband, had a dream. And in his dream, an angel spoke to him and invited him into God's rescue story in the world. And I want you to hear what the angel said to Joseph, because it introduces us to this name that holds part of the remedy for the ache of human loneliness. The angel speaking to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then it goes on and it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Emmanuel was not one of Jesus' names. It was a title that got attached to him, kind of like Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi's name was Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi. But they called him Mahatma, great souled. Well, Jesus' name was Jesus. Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God is deliverance. And his title was Emmanuel because that's who he was. Jesus was God the deliverer stepping into human story. I heard about a moment once when a little boy was staring at a framed picture of his dad. His father was absent, and I don't remember if the dad had died or if he was just on deployment, but he was staring at this picture of his dad, and after a few minutes, he looked at his mom, and very wistfully, he said, I wish father would step out of that picture. And when that little kid said those words, I wish father would step out of this picture into our living room, that kid was uttering the greatest philosophical existential statement ever made by a human. That is the ache of the human soul. And that's the longing of the human story. And sometimes, I know sometimes people question the story. I know sometimes people question um, uh, Christmas or Christianity because of this idea of God becoming human and living in the human story. It's, it sounds crazy unless, if we could just be philosophers for just a second, like that little child. If God really is love, as the scriptures say that he is. And if God really is relationship, as the scriptures say he is, then there was no other option but Christmas. Christmas wasn't some random amazing miracle. It had to happen. It had to happen because the impersonal lays no hold on the human heart. The human heart is personal. 
And we don't ache for a principle. We don't ache for a mathematical equation. We ache for love. I have not known very many people who finish their lives saying, ah, I've spent my whole life searching for math, and I've never been able to find it. But I have heard of people who say, I have spent my entire life looking for love. And math and science are, are brilliant, um, elegant pursuits, and people are passionate about it, but, but that does not answer the ache of human loneliness. See, if a little child is crying for their mother, you can't say, shh, 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 hold on, honey, it's okay. Let me share with you the principles of motherhood. See, the human heart does not ache for a principle. We ache for a person. The human soul was shaped for relationship. Um, I, th I think our, our, our children's ministry team gave our kids little gift bags to go along with the service tonight. And if you look through that bag, you'll see a random puzzle piece. And um, we didn't put that in there accidentally. It didn't just drop in the bag. If you could see inside your soul, if we could see inside the human heart, this, this invisible part of us, if it had a shape, it would be shaped like a puzzle piece. The word relationship means the state of being connected. We were made, according to the scriptures, we were made to be connected to God. Emmanuel, God with us. So here's what the Christmas story tells us. Father has stepped out of the picture. The child gets its mother. And the human heart has come home. In John chapter 1, verse 1, in the New Testament, the scripture says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's talking about Jesus here. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Then a couple verses later it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So the father stepped out of the picture into the human story, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. There was a, a Chinese philosopher a number of years ago. He was actually known as the father of the Renaissance in China. And he was speaking to a Christian minister, and he said, Christianity has a distinct advantage over other religious expressions in that all of the ideas of Christianity, all of the principles, all of the concepts are wrapped up inside a person. It's not a concept or a rule or a plan or even a way of living. It's a person. So he said, you have this advantage in Christianity because Jesus shows us God. Jesus shows us what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus shows us how much you are worth and how much you are loved and why you are here and, and what you're supposed to do. And anyone who turns to him in prayer and in a genuine search will find him. And listen, we have to make that search. I don't know where we all are in our lives and where we are in our journey, but we have to make that search because there are places in the human soul that will only come to life. They will only be made whole through God. 
Um, the, the Christmas story didn't bring a principle into the world. It brought a person, the person who makes sense of our personhood. And Jesus made a, a promise to his followers, and it echoes, it carries into every generation. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He said, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That There is an answer in God for human loneliness. So at whatever level we can connect with Roy Orbison tonight on Christmas Eve, there's an answer for the ache in the human soul. But I should probably say, too, though, even though there is an answer in God for human loneliness, um, God is not a boyfriend, and God is not a wife, and God is not a child, and God is not a human flesh and blood friend. So it's possible to be super connected to God but still long for a sweetheart. It's possible to be super connected to God and still ache for your own child. And, and so that tells me that even though you need God, you need more than God. You need me. <laughs> and I need you. And we need community. We were shaped for relationship this way and this way. We were shaped to be connected with other people. And so if you can relate to Roy tonight, as 2022 winds down, and as 2023 ramps up, I was trying to think of what's a good little action step we can all take. As the new year begins, if you don't have a church, will you find a church? And if you have a church, will you go deeper in your church than you've gone before? Um, if you need a church in the new year, we're here. We won't be here tomorrow. We're not here on Christmas this year. We're taking the morning off. But Hope City Church is here. Ignite City Church is a couple miles down the road on Baseline. Granite Creek is a little further south in Claremont, and New Song is over in San Dimas, and uh, Calvary Baptist is on Damien in Laverne. You know, churches can be weird and dysfunctional, just like families. By the way, how's your anxiety level <laughs> moving into all the family gatherings this weekend? Um, churches can be dysfunctional because they're filled with people, just like families are. But oh, I want to promise you, when church is done well, when Jesus is modeled well, there's no place on the planet for the strength, the safety, the love, and the support that you can find in a community like this. So, so let's open our heart to the one who has the answer for the ache of the human heart. And then let's also do this. Let's be part of that answer for someone else. See, there, there's another side to the whole Christmas story. It's amazing that the word became flesh so that we could relate with God, but the word also became flesh in Mary, who carried Jesus. And the word became flesh in the disciples who embodied the way of living and the teachings of Jesus. And God's desire is that the word would become flesh in you. See, in 2023, you're going to run across some people who need to see the word embodied they're going to need more than an idea or a principle. They're going to need a person who is shaped like Jesus. Uh, you're, going to, you're going to meet people this year. They're going to need to see faith, love, and hope wrapped up inside a person, wrapped up inside a kiss or a hug or a handshake or a fist bump or whatever it is. Um, you know what we're really supposed to be? We are supposed to be all year long little miniature Christmases. The message of Christmas was that Father has stepped out of the picture and into your story if you want him. 
and we were made to be little miniature Christmases. You know, some churches do living nativity scenes. That's actually a real thing. We're supposed to be living nativity scenes, living embodiments of a life that came into the world to offer the world life. And so I would love to pray for you tonight. I'm going to invite the worship team to rejoin me. In fact, why don't you all stand as the worship team slips out of their seats and come back up. I want to pray that at whatever level you can relate with that idea of loneliness. Because you might be doing great tonight. You might be nine-tenths of your life is perfect and you're managing the the 10% and you're fine. Or or maybe, maybe this is a tough Christmas. And even if it's a great Christmas, every person here knows someone who's broken tonight or who's struggling or who's wondering, I have no idea where I'm going to be this time next year. I just want to pray. I want to pray that that reality of God would actually be a reality. Listen, if he's real, he needs to be real. If the story's real, it needs to be real. And I want to pray that it would be real in our lives. And then I want to pray kind of a commissioning prayer that we would leave tonight, go to our parties, do whatever you're going to do, and that 2023 would be a year of mission, a year of modeling for the people around us what love looks like. So Jesus, please, would you do that? Would you fill every heart, every mind, every soul, every body, every crevice of of grief or loss or regret? Lord, tonight, uh, on this, this eve of when we celebrate your birth, would you flood us and fill us And would you start, even right now, to just bring a sense of being found. Lord, it's home where you are. It's home with you. And so whether we're in between homes or we're not sure where we're moving or what's happening, let us find our home in you. Would you begin to touch us? Would you begin to comfort us? Would you begin to fill us? And Lord, we want to be hands and feet and hearts and affection from you to other people. So empower us to that end. Make us more like you. Let a wave of love, of hope, of faith, of of future spread from this place all through this 210 corridor to other states where our loved ones live, around the world. We need you tonight. God, our world needs you. Our world is lonely, fractured, more connected than ever, which actually a lot of times is meaning more, more divided than ever. We need you. Would you heal our country? Would you heal our hearts? Would you heal our families? Would you heal our world? So we're worshiping you. We're looking to you. We're hopeful. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.